0: And welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Chirucci, a.k.a. Will C. In the place to be right now, along with our wonderful producer, Miles. He's doing great. He's smiling. He's awesome. And joining us on this fine Thursday, May 23rd, 2018, is my co-host, Sean Thomas, via the phone. Sean, how you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing on this sunny, rainy, and now funny thursday
0: well. i wound up managing to kind of sort of somewhat uh skip the raindrops here a little bit here and there so it's good just managed my my way around the city in queens via public transportation so i wound up not getting caught up in the rain so it worked out pretty pretty good so everything is good over here on your on the on my front Sean, I know we have a lot to talk about here. Obviously, we have a Stanley Cup final matchup right now. We know what's going on in the Western Conference for the uh, NBA. As far as the NBA Finals goes, the Golden State Warriors make it back to their fifth straight NBA Finals. And it's looking like an absolutely uh, classic so far right now out of the out of the Eastern Conference, almost like... Uh, Pacers and Knicks with this whole Drake drama going on with regards to him <laughs> what's going on with him over there. And obviously we'll we'll get into the Jets in a little bit with uh, what happened with Mike McCagnan. But today we'll start off with the two Matinee games that just finished down and it was for both New York teams actually just finished up. The Yankees, they wound up uh, beating Baltimore today by a final score of 6-5. to five. Their winners are five in a row. And the Mets, they won today 6-4, sweeping the Nets after getting swept by Miami. They only sit four games back of Philly for first place. But let's start off with the Bronx Bombers right now because, Sean, uh, every week we keep on talking about this team, and we see this team come through with a triple A AAA roster, and we— It's unbelievable what's going on. Yes, they went up against the last-place Baltimore team that's been putting out uh, double-A guys, it looks like, and it seems like almost every night, but they keep it close. And this team does not give up, Sean. They do not give up. They're literally right there. And, you know, the bullpen, does it have its days? Yeah. Are they still ranked in, like, the bottom third of the league as far as the total... Uh, ERA goes and all that stuff. Yes, but they're playing, they're winning games, and Aaron Boone is looking like a genius right now. The puppet is actually looking like a genius. So, Sean, I want you to—I want to know your thoughts right now on these Yankees winning their last five in a row. What's your take? Well, well, you know, my take
1: is—you know—I think your last point. Is you know why they've been playing so well? You know, Aaron Boone has gone from the puppet to you know the guy that seems to be in control of you know of um, uh, of the team. You know, um, I was listening to, into um, uh, the Michael Kay show, and he was upset that today he sat uh, Glaber and he sat Gary Sanchez, and the Yankees had the lead. They gave up the lead. And then who comes in to win the game? Uh Torres draws a walk. Sanchez, he comes into the game, singles to right, the Yankees score the winning run to win. Six five. Well like I well, I bring that up because it goes to show you that Aaron Boone has control of this team. He knows which buttons to push. He know he he knows which moves to make and the proof of that is exactly uh, what you said. This team, half of this team should be in Scranton right now. <laughs> so the fact that he has this bunch of faces that nobody can even say their name, spell their name, know where they're from, and he's been able to piece it together game by game by game is just crazy. And something to you know that has to be said here. Well, aside from the occasional, you know, bad start from Hap uh, the other night and I believe uh, Tanaka within the last week and a half he had a bad start. The pitching has been really, really well. CeCe has pitched well. Um, uh, uh, aside from those two starts, Hap and Tanaka, they pitched well. Domingo Herman, he's pitched out of his mind. So, you know, just to have those guys there, you know, they're playing really really well the only downside to it well is what are people going to say there it's not the Yankees are playing well it's who they are playing so they're playing the Baltimore's they're beating up on them and they got uh, um, I believe they have uh, Kansas City over the weekend they're probably gonna beat up on them but at the end of the day you could only play who you are scheduled to play and you know uh, so far, so good, despite the injuries
0: that they have. And you're getting big contributions. I mean, Aaron Hicks came, has come back off the DL. He played a big role in the Tampa Bay Series over the weekend, and he's been absolutely playing great. Uh, Clint Frazier, another guy who's been playing absolutely out of his mind. Luke Voigt, probably the MVP so far of this Yankee team, holding down the fort since everybody's been on the DL. Gleyber Torres killing the Baltimore Orioles, game in and game out. He has 10 home runs against the Orioles this year. And it's unbelievable what's going on with him. And DJ LeMayhew, he's not hitting home home runs for this team, but he's going out there and he's putting the ball in play and he's making contact. He's going the opposite way. And you got guys like – you you got the pitching going on, like you said, Sean. Tanaka – Although he gave up four runs in the eighth inning today, you know, he's been pitching pretty good. Uh, CC Sabathia, he's been he went just went on the uh the IL for 10 days. Don't know what's going on there, but we'll probably find out more in the uh up and coming days. But this, this team has been playing absolutely great, and you know, Boston they've been coming back even though they you know they're on. And off again, you know, do, having that World Series hangover somewhat, you know. And then Tampa Bay, it looks like they're coming back down to the earth right now after starting off hot hot here. But uh, the Yankees right now, they've been absolutely playing unbelievable. And, you know, they they just don't give up. You know, this team is just reminding me of the 2017 Yankees just – not giving up, having fun, and just enjoying each other's company. You could see that. They're enjoying the journey right now. And they just go out there and they they keep on playing these games close and they keep on giving these fans hope right now, you know? There's nothing wrong with that. So I just... Well, but
1: there, but, there, but there is a bigger question that needs to be asked, and I'll ask you it since you are the resident Yankee fan of us, too, Well, Okay. The Yankees are playing great. Obviously, they're in first place, one of the best records in the major leagues. But, and this is a huge but, Judge hurt, Stanton hurt, Paxton hurt, this guy hurt, that guy hurt. These guys are going to come back at some point, Will.
0: Well, we know, we know, know you... we know that they're going to come back. The question is right now is since they're winning games, and this is the whole key right now, since they're winning games... Do you rush them back? No, you don't. But at that same point in time, we we're seeing it right now. Giancarlo, he just went back, you know, he just had a setback a couple of days ago. You know, so there's right, there, so, there's that.
1: Right. So right, so but the but the bigger question is not even rushing the rushing these guys back when they are healthy enough to come back, do you even want them back? In the capacity that they were supposed to be back, because if the Yankees continue on this trend, how can you sit any of these guys? Frazier is hot. Your Schellor is hot. Well, Glaber Torres has twelve home runs on the year, ten are against Baltimore. That is a crazy stat.
0: Well, you also <laughs> got you also got to l- home runs this season. You also got to look at too, Sean. This Baltimore team. You said it. I said it. They do keep the games close, but they're not good. They're a double A team right now. They are at this point in time. Um, And as far as your point, as you know, bringing them back, absolutely, you bring them back. You know, because these guys, the, the scouting report right now is, you know, they the league hasn't caught up with these guys yet. You know, they haven't caught up with them. And on top of that. Who would you rather have in the lineup down the stretch? Would you rather have an Aaron Judge after seeing what's going on over here? Maybe he'll buy into the program here a little bit. A John Carlos Stanton when he comes back. You know, there's a lot to be remain, to be seen here. But, Sean, at that very same point in time, what I see right now out of this team is this. You keep them up until the bottom falls out here, whether it be five games, six games that some of these guys will keep on going in and out of him. Remember, too, here, remember, too, a lot of these guys, Clint Frazier, the, you know, uh, uh, who's the uh, who's the uh, other guy right now that's playing you know, third base? Guys. I keep Ur- okay. Urshela, you know, it's, you got to let them play out and see what happens. You know, you can't take them out hot and then, you know, okay, you bring back Judge, Let them let them go through a cold spurt here. And see what happens. If I was the manager of this team, let them go through a cold spurt. If Judge Stanton and everybody and other other guys that are coming back, you know, can they legit produce right when these guys get cold? You know, that's that's the whole point. That's the whole plan here. You know.
1: Well, and and I do agree with you. A caller, um, when I was uh, um, uh, driving home of the other night, a caller said his fear is that when the when the bigger bats come back, they're going to revert to the home run or bust team that they've been the past couple seasons, opposed to the team that's playing now that they're playing more spring the ball around the field, hit and run um, contact. So. I think that's the question that eventually Aaron Boone is going to have to be aside. Obviously, when Stan, uh, uh, when he eventually comes back, he has to play. Obviously, Judge has to play when you come back. But I think that's the only concern. But, Will, the funny thing is, it's not even a concern. That is a great... Will, I wish the Mets had the Yankees uh, a problem. You have so many talented guys on your team that it's hard to say no. The Mets' problem is that it's hard to say yes to to the majority of their team will. So it's not even a big deal. It's actually a very good problem to have. Aaron Boone just has to make sure when that time comes, and it's going to come, that he just puts the right guys at the right spot.
0: And you look at what the Mets are doing right now, too, here. They just keep getting swept by the uh, Miami Marlins over the weekend they wound up playing the Nationals this week and everybody's talking about Mickey Calloway and what's going on here with regards to his job and this and that and the whole nine and the way how I see it is this I'm actually glad that the Mets organization stepped up here and said that they have Calloway's back because of the fact that let's say if he did get fired right this would be the third manager within the last two years with, with Terry Collins and then you have yeah uh, Mickey coming in and then whoever the third manager would have been at that point in time. It would have been a total train wreck, Sean. It would have been an absolute train wreck to say the very least if they did fire Mickey Callaway. My thing is, you know, the players, they had a lot of pressure taken off of them after their— their GM and their ownership here goes out and says that their, their manager's job is safe for the time being. And there's a lot of things that have been going on. Obviously, Yohannes Cespedes has gotten hurt. Yeah. They brought back Carlos Gomez. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on, but Sean, you're the resident Mets fan here. You get to see this team play almost on an everyday basis. Like, like I do somewhat, but, What's your take so far on the Mets sweeping the Nets this week and you know, after what had happened down in Miami?
1: I'm actually surprised Mickey kept his job from a standpoint of going into the series. Everybody said, Well, if they lose two out of three, he's gone, he's no, he's gone. And they got swept and in the last two games they got three hits. So when they had the press conference before Monday's game, I I was ready to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's gone. And, well I think this is what makes me smile as a fan of the Mets. Brody took 100% responsibility for the struggles of the team. He took blame for some of the moves he's made has not come to pass or hasn't come to pass yet. He's pretty, pretty much blaming himself for the construction of the team. And as he said, like, you know, I put Mickey in this situation because of the players that I went out and got. And Mickey can only manage the players that I've gone out and got. So I love the fact that he took the blame amongst himself. And it's crazy. Robinson Cano, IL, McNeil, IL, um, in Nemo, same, same thing. Confoto, same thing. So we're pretty much playing with a bunch of you know, AAA guys, well ourselves, and we sweep the Nationals where where we where we face Corbin, Scherzer, and Strasburg. So it's almost like wh- what is this team, or who is this team? Is this team the team that got swept by the worst, by the second worst team in? the major leagues or is it a team that just beat three of the best um pitchers uh, in the game so we have to see but we have a bunch of guys hurt but guys are stepping up and well peter uh, alonzo forget a rookie of the year will if it wasn't for uh, christian yelich uh, and some other of the guys you can make a case for Pete the uh, alonzo as a MVP can can uh, uh, do dirty well. That's how well he's um uh, playing. But this is a very good start to the week. We'll see what happens over the weekend, bro. Because if we get swept by the Tigers, <laughs> out of all teams, well, or if we lose two out of three, the talk is only going to happen uh, uh, once again.
0: Right, and you can't take anything away from the Mets. What they did going up against the three-headed monster of the Washington Nationals starting rotation with Corbin and Scherzer and and uh, Strasburg. But with that being said, this Nationals bullpen, they've been really, really bad. They've been really, really bad, and it hasn't really looked good so far for them this year. And for their skipper right now that's going in, it's just everything's coming it shit's rolling downhill right now for this team, and you know it, it could be it could be a lot worse. But you know for the for the Mets right now, for them, it's just it's looking good. They're one game out of off of five hundred, and they only like I said before, they only sit four games back of Philly for first. So it, for everybody panicking and everything like that, the managerial move and everything like that didn't need to happen and the time for that press conference and that time to talk and have that backing for Mickey Callaway, uh came at the right time for this team you know it was a wake-up call for them and that's why they play the games you got to see what happens moving forward but uh there's a lot that remains to be seen coming out of uh, this weekend, and like you said, they go up against the Tigers tomorrow for what a, a three game set, and then they play up against uh, I don't even know who, who they play up against on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Memorial Day.
1: Well, that is a good uh, question. I feel, um, we go um, on the road. We go to the Dodgers and Arizona, or Arizona. They go to and, uh, they go to Ariz-
0: they go to Los Angeles. For two games, for three games, four games, excuse me, wow, for four games, and then they play Arizona for three on the weekend of the thirty-first to the second. So there's a lot to be seen over here with regards to what's going to happen with the Mets. So,
1: and well, those two teams, the Dodgers are, you know, pretty, or you know, they're playing to the expectations that a lot of people had for them, but. Arizona is kind of a surprise team. You know, I think a lot of people, especially when uh, Corbin left, I think a lot of people expected them to be one of the worst teams in the league. And, you know, they're playing better than people thought. So, you know, uh, definitely give them credit as well. So it's going to be a tough, tough uh, um, road trip. But hopefully we end the homestand strong this weekend.
0: And they're playing 500 ball right now. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Everybody thought that they'd be in the... Uh, the seller of the NL West, but that belongs to the San Francisco Giants right now. But there's a, like I said, there's a lot that's going on. Obviously, Cody Bellinger's absolutely killing the ball. He's batting 394 so far this year. Uh, there's a lot that's going on in, in the league, and he's, Bellinger's on base percentage. He's leading the league in that. Slugging, he's leading the league in that. OPS, he's leading the league in that. And even hits. He's leading the league in hits, so it's, it's right. <laughs> it, he's he's playing like a true MVP candidate and the hype is actually pretty real over the past couple of years with what's been going on with him. And then, you know, not to look away at the Tigers, but they, you know, they're still in the thick of things. Well, really they're not. They're 13 and a half games back. Losers of their last 3 and they're 1 and 9 in their last 10 games played, but it's just not it's not looking good for them right now, but you can't take a team like this for granted. you can't oh no, we' definitely not definitely
1: not well um before we move on to our next uh subject, Will, me and you both picked the twins to win the um American League is Central. Well, I don't think me and you have the twins being so far through just about fifty games, the best team in. Major League of Baseball 32 and 16. They are on fire, man.
0: Yeah, and they're right now they have the second most run differential in the league right now. So that just goes to show you how dominant they're playing right now with the plus 81 run differential. And in first, it's the Houston Astros beating teams up with a 94 plus 94 run differential, too. So there's a lot to be seen over here, and then you know you can't sleep you can't sleep on uh Tampa or Boston either in the AL East and in the central for the NL you have Chicago your world series pick i know i keep on reiterating this every week yes sir and they're, they're doing, looking good they're doing good but so are the brewers and the brewers are right there they're only two games back four in the loss column but they're tied with wins so it's it's looking good for them
1: It's going to be a a crazy, crazy race. I mean, I I think we expect every team in that uh, division uh, to compete. Pittsburgh and the Reds, they've kind of uh, fallen off, and the Cardinals are kind of treading water and so on um, and so uh, speak. But, you know, um, the Cubs got off to a terrible start. I think they got off to like a 4-10 and start. And then I think over the last 40 games, they have the second-best Uh, record in the big just behind the twins so they're playing uh really really well man
0: yes they are and it's looking like a great looks like throughout the two months we're we're seeing what's going on right now in the rate in the divisional races and there may be a surprise or two uh in store coming up this summer but moving on and moving forward now to basketball and sean how dominant are the golden state warriors without kevin durant because my goodness, I don't think anybody really I, I know we talked last show about this, but there is absolutely without question that Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are back in their old form and they're playing with each other along with Draymond Draymond Green and and all of them. But man, they've been playing absolutely fantastic. They went they wind up sleeping sweeping the Portland Trailblazers. Four games to none. And Damian Lillard had a bruised rib. A couple bruised ribs, I should say. And they they had the lead. They had the lead in a couple of their games, and they wound up blowing it. You know, they wound up blowing it. And who knows if they had Justice Nur- Nurkic there in the games. But, Sean, what's your take so far on, on what the Warriors are doing, making it back to their fifth straight NBA Finals? Well... As you said, Portland has to be sick right now. Portland should have won
1: Game 2, Game 3, and Game 4. But you cannot, you never doubt the heart of a champion, and in the case of Stephen Curry and Clay and Draymond, three times the champions. And it's kind of weird because when Kevin Durant got hurt, everybody said, oh, the Warriors are not going to win the Warriors, just then the third. And it's like I said last week, Will, people forget they won without KD. (laughs) This team is capable of being the best team in the league. They won 73 games without him. (laughs) right? And it took a miraculous comeback from LeBron James down 3-1 or else they would be going for a fifth straight ring, Will. Five straight. If that did not happen, so Will, I'm not surprised at all. Am I surprised that that it was a sweep? I'm definitely am. I think that Portland. Well, I thought that Portland was good for at least a game, maybe two, but to get swept, I mean, that was just the crazy and um and uh. But you know, well, I'm not surprised because Stephen Curry proves. Uh, well, not even proves he reminded everybody he's still one of the best players in the game Clay, but draymond green if there was a eastern conference finals mvp which i think there is i hope it went to him because he single-handedly won game three and game four he was playing point uh, forward at some times and at three he hit in game four in overtime to kind of seal the deal i think draymond green showed everybody his worth that he has so well, whoever comes out the east, I think they need to do it in 6 games because game 7 of the Eastern Conference finals is actually Memorial Day and the NBA finals starts a week from today. So, Golden State is going to have 10 plus days of time off. So, but I'm not shocked at all will and you know, and the crazy thing is Kevin Durant may not be back for the, the finals, will the Marcus Cousins may not be back for the, the finals, but will they may not even need them to win. That's how crazy good they are.
0: And as long as they have that eight man rotation that's going on uh, with the with what Steve Kerr is doing, I think that the Warriors are in a very good place right now. And if they can legit go out there and just play their game and Stephen Curry just doesn't miss. Along well, with Klay Thompson, I think they'll be fine. You know, but this they play a team suffocating defense. You know, coming down the stretch, they they do it and get this. Hey, let me ask you something, Sean. Yes, sir. Who was the last professional sports franchise to win 19 playoff series in a row?
1: Uh, that's a good one. um. Well, I feel like the answer to this question. I feel like I have to go back in time, maybe like
0: the sixties, seventies. Pro sports would that be right? Pro sports. We're talking all no, four sports. sports. Yeah, all four professional sports. Well, I would say Boston
1: Celtics, but if not them, then I don't think it's been done.
0: It has been done. And it was done by the New York Islanders. They won 19 in a row. 19 straight playoff series in a row. That's what the Golden State Warriors have accomplished so far throughout these five years. Now, if they win against whoever it is, whether it be Milwaukee or whether it be against Toronto, and they go for that 20, it'll be the first time in history that a team since the New York Islanders have won 20, twenty straight playoff series. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. With KD, without KD, you know. Wait, you th- mean tell my me, Will, You mean
1: you mean like over the five-year span? Yeah. Well, it will be uh, um, sixteen because uh, keep in mind they've only won uh, three straight and uh, and not four.
0: All right, I just made myself sound like a dumbass just now. No,
1: but that back. that's why I'm here, Will. That's why I, I I'm here.
0: But Will, okay, can, Miles, can we just delete <laughs> that whole moment right there? <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Listen,
1: Will, it's okay. <laughs> that's why I am here. It's a podcast. But right, I forgot. Will,
0: I forgot about 2016. That's right. LeBron won. I forgot about that. I get wow. what you're saying, though,
1: Will. I mean, it just shows the dominance. That they have it also goes to show the uh, dominance that our, uh, our dominators had uh, back in the day. Oh uh, well, but um, listen, man, they are a, a juggernaut team, and whoever comes out the east is in very, very serious They're trouble. Man.
0: I just, I just really just made myself sound like a dumbass just now. Wow, we'll continue the show, man. All right, all right, wow, all right. Uh, so anyway, so anyway, moving forward now from the Golden State Warriors even though it's amazing that they're going to probably win a 3 threepeat that's fine. You know, it's it's crazy right there to say the very least, but moving forward now to the Eastern Conference Finals, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. Basically flipping out on Drake and everything like that what's going on with the Toronto with with the Toronto uh, Raptors and really listen, Drake's in their head. It's very simple. He's in their feelings. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. You just got to go out there and play the game. That's it. He's Spike Lee from the 90s. That's all he is, you know. But there's going to be a point in time where Giannis or whoever it is that's on that Milwaukee Bucks team, if they go out there and they win game five and they go into Toronto and they could try to win game six, I guarantee you, Sean, I guarantee you, that Drake is going to be looked at as a villain if that does happen, but with that being said, that's all hypothetical at this point with games five and six. Let's focus in on what happened the past four the past four games. Sean Milwaukees look good, but Toronto has looked better at home, and what's your take so far on what has happened over the past uh four games? Game one was a crazy game. The Bucks came back and won that. They blew
1: out uh, Toronto in game number two. In game three, that game could have went either way. In overtime, Toronto pulled it out. And then Toronto blew them out in game four. So, Will, games one and three were almost the same game. Games two and four were almost the same game. It's funny that you bring up the Drake thing because well, I think the Bucks win tonight because I think the Bucks would love no more than to end Toronto season at home Saturday night in Drake's face. <laughs> I think the motivation to end this series on Saturday is extremely high. I think tonight's a I think tonight is a blitz. I think the Bucks beat them by ten plus points. And then I think Saturday may be a close game, but I think they I think they will try their best to get it done. But it's been a crazy series. These are, these are clearly the two best teams in the East. And it's funny, well, record-wise, regular season record-wise, these are the two best teams in the NBA. Because for the I think for the first or the second time in these last five seasons, the NBA uh, finals will begin on the East Coast. Golden State had it the past uh, three, four seasons, but both the Bucks and Toronto had more regular season wins than uh, Golden State. So that's a very interesting uh, tidbit there. But I mean, it's going to be a crazy uh, series. But the Bucks' the problem will is that they go through some droughts where they don't score because they're not the best shooting team. Middleton could shoot Silva could shoot Heritage could shoot But Bledsoe He's not a shooter a Greek freak Obviously he isn't i um, uh, I'm saying A, a threat from 20-30 feet And well, Do you want to know What the biggest difference is In this Toronto team Opposed to, to The last two or three
0: Seasons They have a guy That can actually Go to the basket And win you games That is number one Or or number two. And I only put that at
1: the at, at number two, Will, because that is the you know obvious. Number one. The reason why I think Dwayne Casey got fired and Nick Nurse has done a great job, Dwayne Casey was so dependent on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. He refused to use his bench. Will let's not forget Skyless so, Siakam was on this Toronto team the past two years. (laughs) And we know his name now because Nick Nurse trusts this guy to be on the court to the point where he starts. He kicks Serge Ibaka to the bench. The past two years, he was on this team and could have um, uh, played Fred Van Fleet, Norman uh, uh, Powell, and these other guys, Serge. Well, they legit go nine deep, nine deep. And that is the difference in the past couple of years where Toronto just refused to go more than seven deep more than eight deep so you know it's gonna be a fascinating a fascinating next couple of games tonight and um uh a, a Saturday world so we shall see what happens there but I mean you know it, it's um it's, it's 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 sad that the western conference series is done because you know it, Because, but it's also good at the same time because it gives the East a little bit more shine where everybody talks about Golden State, OKC, Denver, Portland, blah, blah. Nobody really talks about the East unless you're talking about the Knicks or, you know what I'm saying, uh, Boston. So to have these two small market teams getting out of the uh, uh, headlines is certainly good, man.
0: Yeah, it is, and especially since... uh... You know Toronto, they never made it to the NBA Finals, and Milwaukee, they haven't made it to the NBA Finals since the, I want to say 1970, when they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson on the same team. But they've the Bucks franchise, they've been close a couple of times in the 80s. They had Sidney Moncrief basically killing it for them. Uh, in 2001, they had Ray Allen. They were one game away from making it to the NBA Finals, but instead an Allen Iverson-led Philadelphia 76 Sixer team, they just absolutely killed uh, Milwaukee, and they wound up losing to the Lakers anyway. Who would stop Shaq for any team in 2000 to 2002? But with that being said, Giannis is looking like the most dominant thing out there in, in the uh, NBA right now, and it's funny because... You know, you mentioned, you mentioned the teams and you mentioned, you know, what's going on. This storyline here with the Warriors and with if the Bucks make it or even if the uh, Raptors make it, it kind of would remind me of the, the past, uh, the 2016 finals where you had LeBron and you had the Golden State Warriors going up against each other or... I'll take one one step even further back. It would be the best player at the time, Kobe Bryant, back in 2008, going up against the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA at that time. Best player versus best team. I think that's what the NBA wants to see. They want to see the best player go up against the best team. And listen, you have two of the greatest players going up against each other right now in the league, in Giannis and in Kawhi. So it's it's looking more and more as if one of those two, obviously, they'll make it. But with that being said, you know... If Milwaukee takes Game Five at home, like you said, Sean, and they rub it back in their face, oh boy, is Jake uh, Drake going to look like a uh, a Spike Lee figure here for all of Toronto sports to base all the media to basically glorify not only Toronto but the national media here as well in in uh, the United States. Well, I can't
1: I can't make somebody the best player if they can't shoot, and I think that's why LeBron James has been the best player for X amount of years is because when LeBron James first came into the league, LeBron couldn't make a fifteen footer to save his life. Now LeBron is shooting step back threes and 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 fade away threes and making them. So I think Giannis will eventually get there. But I think the best player remaining in the playoffs, I would put him maybe number four. I would have maybe Kevin Durant one, Kawhi two steph three and then um the um the uh um the Greek freak only because well now his one trick is a excellent trick. But I still think this far in his career he's still a one trick pony and will, Kawhi Leonard has shut him down. I think that's why Toronto that's a big reason why Toronto has won the past couple games. Toronto was kinda leaving him open to shoot, and then he would just drive, draw a foul, or drive and make a shot. Now they're picking him him up at half court. Kawhi is gunning him one-on-one, and he's pretty much been a regular guy just on the court. So until he develops a consistent shot, I can't crown him the best. And if the NBA really wants a very good series, Will, a series that everybody is going to watch, Will, nobody is going to watch, Golden State and, and the Bucks. Nobody. Everybody is going to watch Golden State and Toronto. Toronto because you have the Golden State going for 3-4 straight, whichever yeah. one, and the Drake effect. The Drake effect, Toronto, Kawhi, uh, Lowry, uh, um, and those boys. So we shall see what happens there.
0: We shall see what definitely happens over there with the NBA. And looking forward now, finally, to the last remaining Pro sports uh, championship right now that's going to be decided, and we got to talk about the Stanley Cup final here because, Sean, nobody predicted this. Nobody would have thought this. The St. Louis Blues, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the calendar year in 2019, at January 1st, they looked like they were in dire straits, All these media experts and all these guys that cover St. Louis and hockey said that they were going to abandon ship. They were going to trade away a lot of their guys, Tarasenko, uh, Alex Petrangelo, Jimmy Shen, you know, Brady Shen. And yet here we are. You know, they're right there in the thick of things. They're winning games. Jordan Bennington is absolutely unbelievable as a rookie goalie coming in, playing very, very hot. At this very moment. And then you have the best team remaining in in the dance, in, in the Boston Bruins. Patrice Bergeron's been playing great. Brad Marchand's been playing great. Uh, Zidane Chara, he got hurt. He was celebrating out in the ice with this team and took a risk. With this great defense, they've been playing absolutely unbelievable. Along with the Long Beach native Charlie McAvoy, he, they've been playing great. But... With that being said, Sean, what's your take on this Stanley Cup final? Well,
1: Boston can't win another championship, right? It can happen. I like, think they just can't, can't win another one. I mean, Jesus. I mean, Will, if you would have told me a month and a half ago when the playoffs started, if you would have told me pick three teams to come out of the East, Boston would not have been one of those to me. It would have been Tampa. It would have been Toronto, even though I know that irks you. And it would have been Columbus only because of the talents that they have. One, two, and three. Boston would have been four or five. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. Because, well, or, well, I would have even put Pittsburgh a... Ahead of them only because, as we know, Pittsburgh has shown the track record. record of just getting in. Okay. But I think the path for Boston became easier when the Islanders swept uh, Pittsburgh. That means they don't got to deal with syndicate. and winner, And I'm um, sorry. And um, and Columbus swept Tampa Bay. Because now, who did they play in in the second round? Columbus. And. If they would have, if Columbus would have lost to Tampa Bay, they would have lost. They they would have played and probably lost to Tampa Bay, and we not even talking about it now. Well. So, and then you get past a very talented uh, Columbus team, and then who do you play? Right. Carolina, another team that nobody thought would um, um be there, and then you sweep them. So, I think the road for them was extremely and easy once they won that game seven at home over uh, uh, Toronto, and they sent your boy, Will. They sent your boy home, a packing, Will. Pajamas home. Right. Yes, Will. But, but Will, I think it's going to be a fascinating Stanley Cup. As you said, the Blues were the worst team record-wise on January 1st, 2019. They fired their coach less than 20 games into the year. But like you said, Bennington has come up and he's played well uh and well you kind of forget, and I think we kind of forget the talent that they have yeah uh, Tarasenko is one of the best uh, players in the league nice. <laughs> but I think we just kind of forget of how good he is because of where he is so well I think it's going to be a fascinating uh Stanley Cup it won't surprise me if it goes um uh seven games but I'm going a, to a ride with a, a Boston, man. I, I really, really do because if it was Boston, San Jose, I would have picked um, the San Jose. But I think the Blues are exactly the team that the Bruins want to face. So, Will, I say give me Bruins in six.
0: Can you imagine if Boston gets swept by St. Louis? I mean, think about that. I, I don't know if that would be like the first time that would ever happen if a team... That wound up sweeping in the first round The Islanders Then getting swept by the Hurricanes Then the Hurricanes getting swept by Boston Can you imagine that? If if that does happen That weird trend If if St. Louis does sweep the Boston Bruins That would be absolutely crazy That would be absolutely nuts And
1: it nuts. can happen well because Bennington, he's playing hot, man yeah. He's playing really, really well I think I saw a stat I think out of the last 68 shots He has 64 saves.
0: Yeah. That is a crazy stat. That's that's <laughs> insane. That is absolutely insane. But for me, I'm going to have to go with the Bruins and I'm going to have to go with them in 6 like you. Maybe 7. I think the the series can get pushed to 7 to the brink and it might be one of the best Stanley Cups in recent memory. But with that being said, I think everything's going to come down to whether or not the Blues can just go out there and play their physical style of of hockey. And Craig Berube has been absolutely killing it, coaching them, to say the very least. And like I said, with Bennington, Bennington, Bennington has been absolutely hot. He's been absolutely fantastic. But they have to keep this up. They're going to want it. Who? It's a matter of who's going to want it more. And come, coming down to the final stretch, I mean, obviously – you have Maroon, you have Terran you have Parapko over there playing great. There's a lot of things that ultimately just need to happen here for the Blues to win. And they got to steal. It's got to start with stealing one game down in Boston. Because if they lose two, I think it's going to go, Boston's going to have... The edge, just because the fact that they had the ice, the home ice, and because of the fact that this team know they've played year in and year out with each other. And on top of that, it's gonna come down to somebody some unsung hero at the end of the day. Everybody's gonna look at the stars, everybody's gonna look at the well known names, it's gonna come down to an absolute unsung hero to say the very least. But I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say Bruins in six here. So we'll see what happens. We shall see. Well,
1: um uh before we uh, uh, end the, uh end the show, uh last thing, Will Well, what is going on with your Jets? You know what I, in God's name is going on?
0: I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I mean for those that have been living under a rock over the past <laughs> couple of months or even the past couple of weeks, Mike McCagnan, the the Jets GM got fired the other day and it has gone Adam Gase has become the a uh, general manager now, the interim general manager, and look, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's crazy what's going on. Obviously, you got guys that don't that cover this team that don't know what's going on. But there have been GM firings too over the past couple of years that have happened after the draft and after their off season. A guy, one guy that comes to mind is David Gettleman when he was with the the Panthers. He got fired, and then he wound up getting hired by the Giants, and and so on and so forth. But there's just absolutely – it's unbelievable. You know, they come out, New Jersey's new logo, new coach, McCagnan gets the pick, and now all of a sudden he's gone. That's it. It's over. Why not do this at the beginning of the year? But with that being said, I guess they wanted to see what, what he did in the draft and what he could address. Uh they obviously went with the best player in Quentin Williams, and the uh, the edge rusher from uh, from Florida. But outside of that, that's it. You know, not a lot of not a lot of hype going on over there. But if that does happen, you know, why why now? I I I don't get it. it it's it's a head scratcher right there, to say the very least. But I, I don't know. You know,
1: Will, I'm gonna make my point quick. Will Go ahead. My thing is I don't think Adam Gates should have gotten the job in the first place. Because here's the thing, bro. When they gave Gates the job, they one of the reports that came out was they didn't want to give Mike McCarthy the job because Mike McCarthy wanted a little bit more control than just coach. Well, I would much rather have Mike McCarthy running things than Adam Gates running things. Mike McCarthy has a proven track record of winning. I know he only has one ring. Which, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you think you would maybe have two or three rings. But at least he has one. To me, you get to me, you get Gates, and now you're giving this unproven guy the keys to the car, like he's gonna drive it. And well, I think we should have seen saw this coming during the draft. Well, I think Mike McCagnam wanted to trade down so bad. That's all you heard. They just just want to trade down. They just want to trade down. Well, it won't surprise me if one of the conflicts that led to the whole firing is that if Adam Gates wanted to stay at three and pick the best player. Because now you're not letting the GM do his job. And, well, I'm pretty sure there were teams that wanted to trade up for Quinnen or Haskins or Devin White or whatever the case is. McKenna even said after the draft, the Giants and himself had talks about a potential swap. So it's just crazy. It's just weird. And, well, I mean, the offseason was so great. You get Bell and Crowder, Mosley, Bryant Poole, blah, blah, blah. And to have this stain on what, on, on what has been such a positive off the season with the whole green jersey and you know yeah. the all black. Yep. To have this theme on the off season is really, really bad now.
0: You know what? I mean the one thing here is Adam Gase is the coach. I think we all know why Adam Gase is the coach, because he's the quarterback whisperer. He's coached many quarterbacks over the over his course of uh, over the course of his career. And they've all Wind up having career years under him Matt Stafford, Peyton Manning And it looks as if Sam Darnold Is poised to have a breakout year But with that being said You look at Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy hasn't even been hired yet as a coach Whether it be a coordinator Whether or not it be a head coach in the league So that goes to show you something right there You know Actions speak louder than words So that's all I gotta say about that You know
1: Very very true he did interview for the Browns job. The only reason why he didn't get the Brown job is because the Browns didn't want to change the offense philosophy that right. made a Baker play so so well. Right. But uh, but I mean well. I mean well. If you're a coach, you're not going to take a pay grade and a downgrade to be n o c OC.
0: You're going to wait wait for the. i was saying um, uh, for the next for, page for the next payday. I get right, it. So. Right. But right, well, you know, you got to see what happens with uh, with the with what Adam Gase is going to do. But it it comes at a at a puzzling time. But moving forward now, it's his it, this is his job to lose, and you got to see what happens. And as we move forward now, just want to break uh, take some breaking news in right now. The New York Islanders they wound up re-signing Brock Nelson to a six-year deal. Worth about six million dollars a year, so it's it's crazy what's going on, to say the very least. So, well, uh, what do you think of that move? Uh, just gotta see what happens, man. You know, just gotta see what happens. He's played great, and uh, you know, Barry Trotz, he's resigned here. That's all he knows is the the Islander way and what's going on. But we got to see what happens going forward. He's been inconsistent. You know, just a goal scorer somewhat, but we got to see what happens over the course of the next six years. But it's it's actually great to see him back because the fact that there's no center depth on this team. Obviously, Matt Barzell is the, the true centerman of this Islander team, and that's it really. Getting Brock Nelson is a huge step in the, in the right foot forward. Now we got to see what happens with Andrews Lee and Robin Leonard if they resign sign Jordan Everly and Valtteri Filippo and all those guys and see what happens on the trade market, the draft, and and on the free agent market as well. But we'll see what happens there. Last thing, well, I don't know if
1: you saw this, the Blue Jacket signed a goaltender from overseas a couple of days after it was reported that Sergei Bovrovsky put up his Columbus condo for sale. So, if if uh Leonard decides to go somewhere else, I have a chance that Sergey will be a highly sought after player for founder as
0: we'll we'll see what happens during the off season. I know there's a lot of ties with him yeah. in Florida with uh Quenville being there as the Quilbert. as the coach, and you know with all the no taxes down in Florida, so we'll see what happens there but uh but yeah, Sean, you have any other final thoughts?
1: No, sir. No, sir. Awesome job as uh, usual holding down the fort. And, um, you know, just uh, a big congrats to everybody at uh, Gotham Podcast Studios World because next week will be our last show at that present um, place until we move into the big, big um, place, man. So just congrats to Matt, Miles, Brianna, and everybody else, man. Mike.
0: Everybody else. Yeah, especially one year coming up for us too next week. That's right. It's going to be crazy. That's right. So it's crazy. It's it, it's unbelievable. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for our wonderful producer, Miles, he's doing great. And for our owner, the owners of Gotham Podcast Studios, Brianna and Matt Peters, obviously, Sean, you said it the best. They're going to be moving out of the studio that we're in right now to the new studio over on 38th street so it's going to be really really awesome to be over there in midtown and it's going to be fun and for my lovely co-host sean thomas he's always awesome with a capital a sean you did a wonderful job man covering everything maybe i'll see you back in studio i got to give you that gift by the way so yeah man yeah man um I'm so, so sorry yep. about the man, but with the last show being
1: there, man, I got to call him next week, man. Absolutely. i call called him out of work, Will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes, right? Yeah, man. Absolutely. All right, baby. Talk to you later, man. For, um, ev- like I said, for everybody here at Gotham, for Miles, for Sean, I'm your host, Will Trucci, logging out. We'll talk to you soon.